We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Spike Week. As always, I am your host, Eric Beinfor. You can, as always, find me on Twitter at Eric Beinfor. And today, I wanted to talk a little bit about a, a topic that I don't really feel like should be controversial or um, kind of that that crazy, but it does seem to be when you look across the industry and and maybe talk to a bunch of people it does seem to be pretty controversial and that is stacking in best ball without the quarterback so including multiple players from a team multiple pass catchers from a team but not drafting the quarterback and so first before you know before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of what we're talking about here what even is you know stacking without the quarterback? I do think it's important to just kind of take a step back and remember, like nothing is nothing is completely black or white. I'm not saying the whole premise of this is not to say, well, you have to build these stacks without the quarterback. You have to go into a draft looking to get Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and not take Matt Ryan. And that's not the case. That's certainly not the case. It's it's not, you know, you should not 
be 100% doing really anything in best ball drafts. You shouldn't stick to 100% of any strategy. You shouldn't force, you know, anything in your drafts. But the point really is to say there's a lot more value in building out some of these stacks, you know, kind of as secondary stacks without that quarterback. And there's quite a few reasons why. And so the first the first real reason as to why that's valuable is just simply how replaceable those points are at quarterback. I'm not I'm not even sure people really realize how replaceable quarterback points are. And so why are they replaceable? Well, first of all, you only have to you only get you only have one quarterback spot. You know, you get to draft however many you want. Typically, I would say two. You get to draft those quarterbacks. There's only so many starting quarterbacks. There's only so many quarterbacks even getting drafted. And the even the, the low end, right? Even the low end of quarterbacks are putting up a respectable number of points. Last year, as an example, looking at really just the quarterbacks that played, you know, most of most of the season. Jared Goff, Jared Goff was the 15th, 15th best quarterback in total points. Teddy Bridgewater, 17th. Those guys averaged at least, you know, almost basically 17 fantasy points per game. Kyler Murray was the number one quarterback. Again, filtering out the Dax and some of these guys who missed a bunch of games, Joe Burrows. Kyler Murray was number one up there, right there with Josh Allen and Mahomes. They were all extremely close, right around 25 or 26 fantasy points per game. So when you drop down to quarterbacks, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, even on into the 20s, you're getting quarterbacks taking, you know, you're getting quarterbacks putting up 17, on average, 17 points a week. And now that how does that distribution of those 17 points, sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's less. Maybe you're Teddy Bridgewater and you hover around 17 every single week. But the point being, you can you can find points at quarterback. Like there's 20 plus guys that can go get you almost 20 points a week. And comparatively to the top end, those guys, the Kylers, Josh Allens, Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, et cetera, certainly are giving you a much higher ceiling and a much higher average points per game, but they're not distancing themselves so easily. There is a lot of value, in my opinion, in those kind of elite guys. They have slightly less replaceable points, but the point really is overall, holistically across the entire position, it's the most replaceable position on your on your fantasy roster and you only need and you only need one of them. So that's the kind of baseline premise for what we're talking about as to why maybe the QB is not that important in your stack. And yet everyone goes out of their way, right? I drafted some guys that I get very, very frequently would be like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. This is maybe maybe even my favorite example. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. 
I love DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I really like the Panthers for a myriad of reasons. I won't rehash it all for you here. You can probably read about it on, you can go, I, I wrote about them in the stacks article. I wrote about um, Robbie and wide receivers article. I've probably tweeted about these guys. I talk too much about the Panthers. Joe Brady is the man, but I get those guys a lot. I really like their value in drafts especially for, for best ball. I just think that they're undervalued in drafts. However, I am typically not going out of my way to draft Sam Darnold, even if I get those Panthers players, unless it makes sense in the team that I'm drafting. I am typically getting some of, you know, I'm typically getting a, a Kyler or a Dak or a Lamar or one of these elite tier quarterbacks, the way that, the way that I'm drafting. And so if the draft plays out where it makes sense to take Sam Dar- to kind of punt punt quarterback down to Sam Darnold as my second quarterback in that build, I will do so. But I'm not. I'm also not forcing that. What if I get George Kittle and I take Trey Lance? There's no reason if I've spent the draft capital on these two elite high upside quarterbacks to then take another one in Sam Darnold, even when I have even when I have his, his two receivers, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to say wasting because it's not wasting a roster spot, but those points are so like almost bankable between the guys that I have already drafted that attaching on another quarterback is almost wasting that roster spot on a, on a position that I might be able to actually use, right? Taking a kind of flyer on a running back or a wide receiver. If they hit a spike week, if Deshaun Jackson in the 17th round hits a spike week, I'm using that score and it's going to be really valuable to me compared to I might use a Sam Darnold score a couple times throughout the course of the, the year. And I'm, I'm gaining very few, few points. I'm certainly gaining very few points in my roster, right? Because he has to outscore. But in this example, Trey Lance and, and Kyler. And he, and when he does, how many you know how many points is he actually going to outscore them by very few so i'm gaining very point very few points in my roster and then i'm not really not gaining anything on the field right even the sam sam darnold isn't going to be the qb1 he's probably not even going to be in the top 5 on his spike weeks and so you can still consume the benefits of that team's spike weeks through those pass catchers and a big reason why you can do so is this is kind of running quarterback versus non-running quarterback. Sam, Sam Darnold, again, I guess he, he might be my example, but there's, there's plenty of them. Sam Darnold runs a little bit, but compared to, compared to the, the Kyler Murray's Lamar Jackson's Trey Lance, Josh Allen, right? All these guys, even Russ, Russell Wilson to a slightly lesser example. We've seen, how running at the quarterback position is not even just a perk. It's not even just a bonus. It's almost a necessity to, you know, presenting real upside at the position. Kyler Murray, we talked a little bit earlier, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen were the top fantasy quarterbacks last year. We saw what Lamar did two years ago. And when we look across the entire top 10 of quarterbacks last season again throwing kind of throwing Dak out 
Dak, Dak, Dak did run, ran for several touchdowns before he got hurt. But even setting aside Dak, you have Kyler, Josh Allen, Mahomes, who can run. He's not an, a huge volume runner, but he can run. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had to throw 50 touchdowns in order to even get into the top five of fantasy scoring. He was the MVP and he threw an ungodly amount of touchdowns and he still couldn't even get into the top three of fantasy scoring. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady cracked the top 10. There's your, so you have two quarterbacks that didn't run and then Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. So the, the entire top 10 is littered with runners last season. And so it has become almost a necessity in order to present upside and floor and a floor, right? Lamar Jackson didn't have a particularly great season last year. He's probably disappointing on a lot of, you know, in a, in a lot of different ways, but he still presented a floor as, you know, top 10 quarterback simply by the fact that he runs so much and he's such an effective runner. So this, this idea of running quarterback versus non-running quarterback has kind of gone from, oh, that's a really nice added bonus for this guy to be able to run for 50 yards and a touchdown, to if you want to have one of the top quarterbacks, you need the running. And so if you're drafting running quarterbacks, in the example I used before, you've drafted Kyler Murray. You've already drafted Kyler Murray, but you happen to stumble into you stumbled into Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts again that that example, or you stumbled into Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in your draft. You may think, oh, I have to get Kirk Cousins, right? I have to I have to reach for Kirk Cousins because I have these these guys, and it's simple. It's simply not true because Kirk Cousins, even when he has the spike week passing the ball, even when Matt Ryan has the spike week passing the ball, it's really hard for him to get points that your other quarterbacks aren't getting if they're running. Sure, in the in his big weeks you might gain a couple of a couple of points, but by having his receivers, you're gaining most of the value. The the big weeks in a passing offense, you benefit the most from the pass catchers. Right, because they can distance themselves. When Justin Jefferson has 180 yards and three touchdowns, when he and Adam Thielen both go for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and Kirk Cousins throws for 350 and four, Kirk Cousins scored 30 points, and that's a, a great score. If Kirk Cousins throws for 350 and four, he scores 30 points. But if Trey Lance throws for 250 and two and runs for 60 yards and a touchdown, which in the box score doesn't seem to look quite as great, he scored 30 points too from the 60 yard, you know, 12 rushing points, 12 rushing points. That's 300 yards passing that Kirk Cousins has to do in order to match those 12 rushing points. And so, those points are just so replaceable and they're, and, and they're not even, re- it's, it's, it's replaceable by any, any form of quarterback. Just simply taking the snaps at quarterback in a, in an NFL offense gives you this baseline of points. And now we have this running factor that exists 
that you just don't have to go out of your way to to get these non-runners to attach to your you know stacks that 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 kind of fell into your lap if it if if everything works out that way right you you've drafted kyler in the fifth or sixth round and you happen to stumble across either those you know those stacks that i mentioned right you 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 got the panthers you got the falcons or the the vikings the bucks you got those wide receivers that are all fallen in the second through the whatever rounds from those teams if matt ryan kurt cousins tom brady etc fall into your lap and it makes sense you know as your as your qb2 by all means this the 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 benefits of of that correlation and that stack still exist but you shouldn't be going out of your way to reach on those types of players because the benefits are not as great. The value of that quarterback, even in that stack, is so much less, so much less than maybe the, the public thinks it is, maybe even than I thought it was until not all that long ago. And what it, and, you know, moving on to this, this next bullet, if you're watching on YouTube, what, what it really does do that you don't think about is it maximizes your roster upside if you don't go out of your way to force these stacks with with these these types of QBs, the Matt, Matt Ryan is maybe my favorite example. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, they're they're quality quarterbacks. They're they're going to be steady, you know, steady eddies for you throughout the entire season. But they just don't offer you much ability to distance yourself at the quarterback position compared to some of these these other quarterbacks like a, a Kyler, Lamar, et cetera. So it allows you to still get the benefits of that offense and that stack while capitalizing on the guys who might be able to distance you at the quarterback position, right? I use Trey Lance. You're probably sick of hearing me talk about Trey Lance, but he's a good example. Why force and reach on Matt Ryan in the whatever round, 11th round, when you can take Trey Lance as your second quarterback. Trey Lance has, you know, he has significant risk, of course. Maybe Matt Ryan is a little safer, a little more bankable points. But Trey Lance, with the running in that offense, has the potential to have monster weeks and destroy that, that ADP. Absolutely destroy that ADP. To a lesser extent, you have the Trevor Lawrence's and Justin Fields. It seems like these rookies are the guys that make this up the most. But you have these runners who simply, by the fact that they were going to run and use their legs, they're going to run for touchdowns. They're going to pick up yards on the ground that these other guys are not going to. You're maximizing your upside at that quarterback position. And you can still stack those guys. I can still stack. I can still have a 49er stack with Trey Lance and George Kittle. You know, I'm not giving up a stack. No one is saying you have to draft Trey Lance and not draft a 49er. If you draft George Kittle in the third round and you get, get um, like I mentioned, you get Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on that team, 
you can take Trey Lance over Kirk Cousins and not worry about completing the Viking stack with Kirk Cousins because you still have that stack. Now you use that one of those 18 roster positions instead of Kirk Cousins, you use it on a, a running back who can maximize the running back position, ups, the upside of your running back position or another wide receiver or a tight end because that third quarterback, that that lower upside quarterback that doesn't run is not maximizing your entire, you only get 18 spots. And so when you use it on another quarterback that, you know, yeah, he's going to have some good weeks and you'll use his score here and there, but he doesn't have the potential to blow his ADP out of the water simply just because of the archetype of player that he is. So combining these different factors, you get this path, you know, you, you still get to see the benefits of that quote unquote stack while maximizing your roster, the putting the puzzle pieces together on your roster in the most effective way to create this upside. You have these, these super high upside quarterbacks that can finish at the top, right? Kyler was the QB one last year, you know, um, depending upon what you're looking at and, and the sample size of games played, you know, Kyler or, or pick your poison Dak. Lamar clearly has the upside to be the QB one. You're getting these guys. Trey Lance is a guy that I believe can can jump up into that into that category. But if you prefer Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence is a good runner. Justin Fields, you get these guys, and you use a couple of them, and you still have a stack with them, right? I'm playing. I'm, I'm pairing Trevor Lawrence with DJ Chark or Marvin Jones. I'm pairing Justin Fields with Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. And I'm paying, pairing Trey Lance with whoever. And so I'm still getting the benefits of stacking and I'm getting the benefits of really maximizing the upside of my quarterback position. Then I ignore, you know, the Kirk Cousins, but I still get the benefits of when the Vikings have a big passing week, it's flowing through those two guys or maybe Irv Smith. You know, it's flowing through those two, those guys. So now I really have another stack on my roster, which is really beneficial, particularly for the playoff weeks. I have an extra stack on my roster, but I didn't have to force in the quarterback position so I can maximize the upside of my roster as a whole because I get to use that on a another running back, right? Maybe I'm in like... This this team that I've kind of outlined here, maybe you're you're a little bit thinner at running back. So now I can take in that round, the twelfth round, I can take Latavius Murray, or I can take pick your guy, right? Gus Edwards or or Daryl Henderson or whoever. You can take a running back there who has a ton of upside, and I don't have to attach that that quarterback because those points are so replaceable, like we talked about before. And so what that allows you to do is game points on your opponents, which is ultimately what we're trying to do, right? This is, it really is not a math equation, but kind of a math equation. I have X amount of roster spots that I'm filling with my 18 man roster. Now I have X amount of starting roster spots that I'm filling every week with my 18 man roster. And so how do I, in order to beat my opponents, I have to score more, right? Well, how do I do that? At, here's the positions, lay out those positions. Where am I gaining points on you? And how can I maximize the amount of positions I gain points on you? And the easiest way to do that is the fact that you have these onesie positions where 
Like you only have to start one. And the quarterback is the one where they're, you know, the, the least valuable because everybody's getting, you know, we just talked about everybody's getting 17 or 18 points a week. You know, even in not good weeks, you're getting 17 or 18 points at quarterback. So don't go out of your way to draft the guys that are just going to get you 17 or 18 pretty much every week and don't have the upside to blow away your competition. You can get guys that have many more paths to you getting a, gaining a few points at quarterback and then using the rest of your roster, using the rest of those 18 picks to gain points, right? Latavius Murray has more potential in that round to gain you points when you already have Kyler and Trey Lance than does Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is going to gain you very few points. If things, again, going back to the drafting is if you're right. If you're right about Kyler Murray and Trey Lance, there's going to be very few weeks where Kirk Cousins gains you any points on your opponents. However, if you draft Latavius Murray in that round or Daryl Henderson, and they happen to come through with usable weeks for you, they're definitely going to gain you points. They're absolutely going to gain you points, really valuable points at that RB2 position that allow you to really jump past your opponents. And so that's all we're really trying to do. Think about this in a way that we're, we're crafting this team. We have these 18 guys and we're crafting this, this positional team. And so how do we go about doing that? in a way that maximizes our upside and maximizes our ability to gain points on our opponents while still benefiting from the aspects of stacking, right? Stacking is good, both from a correlation perspective and from a, you know, making a bet on an offense, making, you're making a bet on the Vikings offense when you draft Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen or DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. But that doesn't mean what, what I think most have thought for a long time is that that means now I have to get the quarterback too. And I think we've gotten smarter. We now know that that's not necessarily the case. There are, of course, as I outlined at the beginning, times where it makes sense to grab that guy. And I have some of them. You know, I've drafted Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold and, and some of these guys. But if I'm making my absolute optimal optimal team and what I've seen play out a lot over the course of, a lot of drafts, you know, 100 plus drafts that I've done now is a lot more stacking without the quarterback. And I think it is a very underutilized approach to gaining upside and giving ourselves a shot at those top prizes, those million dollar top prizes on both underdog and DraftKings. So that's going to do it today for this, as always. Uh, leave me any comments and drop a comment, smash the like button, all those cliche fun things that everybody likes to say on their shows and podcasts. And I will be back tomorrow with another, another fun episode of spike week. So thanks guys. We're out of here.